Good morning, Ms. Johnson. How are you feeling? Awful. Terrific. I think we could discharge you today. You mean send me home? We need this bed. Here's your keys. Where's my nurse? Gosh, we let most of our registered nurses go. Bottom lines are more important than IV lines, we always say. I'm sure your family can provide you with the very best care at home. My throat is burning. Lozenge? I have shooting pains in both my arms. Probably these IVs. Here, let me help you get those out. How did you get in here? Are you some kind of doctor? Heavens no, Miss Johnson. I'm Ted from Billing Services. I think I'm going to throw up. Yeah, we get a lot of that in the billing department. It'll pass. Get my nurse in here now! Nurse! Don't let hospitals and health insurers put their profits above your care and safety. When it matters most, insist on a registered nurse. Registered nurses put the care in health care. A message from National Nurses United, the voice of America's registered nurses. Welcome back to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. We are nurses, so we cannot diagnose, prescribe, or treat. But listen to us anyway, because we like to talk. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with my co-host Shane Mason, and we are two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Are you an enigma? And so what's an enigma, you say? It's one, a puzzling or inexplicable occurrence or situation. Two, a person of puzzling, incongruous, or inexplicable nature. Shane, according to that definition, I think we have at least two enigmas sitting right here. Are you afraid to go to a movie or concert (laughs) because your loud or disruptive cough will embarrass you or someone you're with? Do people turn away from you in elevators and other public places because they're afraid they're going to catch some awful disease? Have you or a loved one been coughing for months or years and can't get the medical help you need? Well, wait no more. Dr. Jamie Kaufman is with us today to talk about chronic cough enigma. Dr. Kaufman is one of America's leading laryngologists and experts on acid reflux and voice disorders. She is New York Times bestselling author of Dropping Acid, The Reflux Diet Cookbook and Cure, and her new book, The Chronic Cough Enigma. Dr. Kaufman is also the founder and director of the Voice Institute of New York. Dr. Kaufman, welcome back to Nurse Talk. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much. What a nice introduction. (laughs) What are you used to? (laughs) Not that that was wonderful. Thank you. It it, it sounded lovely. Usually it's just like, oh, here's this lady. Oh, here's Dr. Kaufman. Here she is. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, Dr. Kaufman, you say 80% of people with asthma are misdiagnosed. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? I've been taking care of patients with voice disorders for most of my career. I take care of opera singers and stars and school teachers and clergy. And over the course of the last 35 years, I've become an expert on acid reflux, and particularly acid reflux that affects the airway, the throat, the sinuses, and now even the lungs. To make a long story short, the observation which has been most difficult to um, in part to my medical colleagues, by the way, very fragmented healthcare today, too many specialists, mm-hmm. is the idea that asthma is not everybody that has breathing problems. So over the course of time, we've looked at some data and found that about 80% or 4 out of 5 people who come to us with asthma don't have it. And that chronic cough is one of the most common symptoms for which a person sees sees a doctor, but in many cases, uh, patients go from doctor to doctor and never get well. So that's why this book was written, because there's a huge population of people out there. We're talking about between 10 and 20% of the American population. Wow. 
So what's an airway test and what does it show? Well, the airway, first of all, let's get our terms down. Esophageal reflux or GERD is basically heartburn and indigestion, and everybody seems to know what that is. Um, The gastroenterologists look in the esophagus, and they basically look for damage. However, it's not the most common symptom. We made this big mistake. Way back when, we said heartburn is reflux. Reflux is heartburn. It's about the esophagus. As it turns out, more people have silent reflux into the airway, the airway being from the tip of your nose, including your sinuses and your throat and your breathing tubes, bronchial tubes, and down into the lung. We have, it it turns out, an epidemic of airway reflux. So this is not not only is it asthma, if it's not asthma, it's sinusitis, it isn't sinusitis, allergies that aren't allergies, laryngitis, it isn't laryngitis, and so on. It's a big deal, and it's a great black hole. And can those, I'm just wondering, just anecdotally, there, I have a family member who uh, has been having heart attacks and got a stent placed, and now they're saying, oh, whoops, you didn't have a heart attack. You don't need that stent. We think that you just have acid reflux. Oh, what a horrible mistake. Yeah. They're not certain that that's it, but is that enough, can it also uh, seem like chest pain to someone? Yes, absolutely. Non-cardiac chest pain is the name for reflux that can mimic a heart attack. Mm. Um, generally, people don't end up with stents. They have you know, extensive testing and then retesting, and usually people can differentiate that it's not, um, you know, heart problem. Of course, I guess there are people who have, you know, narrow coronaries and um, reflux-related non-cardiac chest pain, but surely it can mimic many things. A reflux, particularly silent reflux, is a great masquerader, maybe the great masquerader of our time. Wow. So back to what, what's an airway test and what does it show? Well, when we examine the throat... Um, We are looking into the airway, and it's done with a special ultra-fine instrument that's placed through the nose, and what we really see is swelling. Um, Swelling that makes vocal cords, for example, twice as fat as they should be. This gives people hoarseness. A swelling in the back of the throat enough that causes difficulty swallowing. And so that when we see these findings, they're often associated, and, and mucus, too much mucus in the throat. Here are the symptoms of airway reflux. Here are the symptoms of asthma that is an asthma. Post-nasal drip, too much throat mucus, chronic throat clearing, a sensation of a lump in the throat, difficulty swallowing, pills getting stuck, asthma that is an asthma, and sinusitis that isn't sinusitis, and all of their related symptoms, and hoarseness. Huh. So that's amazing. In your new book, The Chronic Cough, you you really boldly point out that in one of the chapters that uh, some of these misdiagnoses are really expensive, and you point to the needs of patients being lost in a healthcare system dominated by a for-profit culture, uh, by a medicine characterized by collusion, price-fixing, and corruption. So can you say a little more about that? Is that part of why all these misdiagnoses are occurring? Well, let me make the following statement. If I'm right and asthma isn't asthma four to five times, then what's happening is patients are going to doctors and doctors are scratching their heads or getting a breathing test and then uh, saying, here's medicine. Um, it costs us, uh, in my estimation, uh, we waste or, if I should say, misspend about a billion dollars a week on incorrect asthma. Wait, did um, you say a billion dollars... Uh, a, a week. A week. Yes. 
Oh my God! Let, let me let me let me digress and, and give what I think for listeners is the most important litmus test, and, and something that I'd like to try to teach everyone in the nation, and that is the difference between in and out. Mm-hmm. If you have asthma, when you have a breathing attack, you have trouble getting air out, trouble during the exhalation. If you have trouble breathing in, however, getting air in during the inspiration. It's reflux and not asthma. Mm. And that's one of the ways that I know that all these people don't have asthma. If you have trouble breathing in, it's never asthma. And so a lot of these people still, though, they respond to albuterol, they respond to steroidal inhalers, but I'm guessing that's because you're going to get some reduction in inflammation with these two agents anyway. Is that why people will still respond and think that they're treating what is asthma, but it's not? I'm the their responses vary, by the way. Many of the patients I say to, you know, by the way, do the asthma medicines help you at all? And they go, no. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason why the inhalers are more likely to help a little bit, if anything, more than the steroids, is because we are dealing with reactive airway disease. Mm-hmm. In the throat, there are receptors like switches. And guess what? When acid hits those receptors, it closes down the throat. And that's why you have trouble breathing in. Whereas with real asthma, the receptors cause for closing down inside the lung. So the, uh, the, the albuterol can actually help reactive airway disease even if it's the throat. And that's why there's even more confusion among doctors who don't apparently know this difference. So Dr. Kaufman, it sounds like who you really need to educate, the public is, is a great way to start, is other doctors. How do you get this message out to your colleagues? Well, it's funny because I had a patient in the office a couple of weeks ago, and sure enough, it was one of these asthma that isn't asthma and all that deal. And um, so she went back to her pulmonologist, and, and the whole story was uh, told apparently. And the pulmonologist, with, with, with uh, um, tremendous amazement, said, wow, that's amazing, that in and out thing. <laughs> and so it is staggering um, that, is that staggering. this is not general information that every single physician working in an emergency room doesn't know. Um, to be honest with you, I've been lecturing to physicians. I've run national meetings and international guest lecturing for all of my career. And this book was written because I couldn't get an article published on non-pulmonary chronic cough. So generally speaking, who you know, there are patients who fall through the cracks. Mm. If the lungs are passed, if the lung doctor says, gee, the lungs look okay, who does the cough patient see? An allergist, an ENT, a gastroenterologist, who? And so that there are large numbers of patients like this who just fall through the cracks. That's sad. It is bad. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's worse than you can imagine. Um, 40% of the American population has reflux, and generally speaking, reflux is being poorly managed in this country. And I seem to remember last time we had you on, you were talking about the acid they put in sodas and any carbonated beverages, and i got to say... It's not just carbonated. Um, the, the name of the book's Dropping Acid, and the reason it is is in 1973, the FDA decided that acidification of stuff in bottles would be used to kill bacteria. Mm. In fact, someone said they found a mouse in a Diet Mountain Dew last year, and the Diet Mountain Dew defense was, no, mouse dissolves all of it, including bones. You cannot find a mouse in a Diet Mountain Dew. And that's because it's more acidic than stomach acid. Oh my gosh. And that's when the reflux epidemic began. We have uh, both problems with uh, 
the food industry and, and the healthcare industry. It's almost like they're in collusion. Yes. Um, the food industry made us sick, and the healthcare industry's made us poor. It's true. Why? That's so very true. So what can a patient do as far as asking questions or advocating for themselves if they're having these symptoms? Well, first of all, the word is advocate is correct. If you are a patient, you must be your advocate. The ship has sailed that you just trust the doctor and do what the doctor recommends. I'm sorry to say it, but in the old days, doctors made house calls and now they make business plans. And so in many cases, the kind of testing that's done in my office isn't done because reimbursement's not good enough, so they just don't bother. So patients must be their own advocate. Patients must be sophisticated. Patients must have family members if they go into the hospital standing by their side, and patients must uh, particularly question having procedures. So... Why did I write these books? And I'm continuing, by the way. There's a new one coming soon on on Barrett's esophagus and Barrett's diet. The reality is that um, the root cause of these diseases for most of us is what you eat and when you eat it. Mm -hmm. I mean, is not diabetes and obesity and reflux and sleep apnea and asthma, all of these, are they not all dietary related? And so the root cause is diet and lifestyle, and physicians have traditionally offered pills and procedures instead of an analysis and understanding of how to go back to the beginning with the, with the belief that Americans are either too stupid or unwilling to take some responsibility for their own health. In my experience, there's nothing could, could be further from the truth. I, so it's, it's such a pleasure to hear a doctor say that uh, you need an advocate, that you have to advocate for yourself, that you can't just listen to what the doctor says, uh, that our health care is fragmented, uh, that's a beautiful thing to hear. Well, if I, you know, I mean, someone has to speak truth. And my experience has been, <clears throat> um, even as a patient, I had back surgery, big back surgery, L3, 4, 5 fusion. And my, my recollection of how it happened is they really tried their very best to kill me. I had uh, <laughs> more drugs of the same kind than killed Heath Ledger. I was so worried mm. I was going to die that I said I need a, a pulse oximeter on my finger and a private duty nurse sitting in front of me 24-7. Yeah. Um, so that, the, we, the, that we really are at a time where change is going to have to come from, you know, grassroots. People are very concerned. And I think, but I think the most positive thing is that people are beginning to rally around the idea of healthy eating and healthy lifestyle, which I, I certainly advocate strongly for my patients. That's great. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate that philosophy here on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? No, just that um, both Dropping Acid and Chronic Cough Enigma are at all the Barnes & Noble stores. We appreciate their support. And, um, and online, And if you Google Dropping Acid or Chronic Cough Enigma, you'll find me. And uh, the Voice Institute of New York is where I am. I'm here in, in Midtown, New York. That's great. Thank you so much. I do have to say that I did stop drinking uh, sodas and bottled things. And the other effect for me, besides the reduction in the acid reflux, is that it changed the acid base of my mouth and I don't build as much tartar. So, yeah, tar- uh, tartar is a very, if you have a lot of tartar, your yes. diet's probably not so good. That's a very good measure. Yes. Thank you yeah. so much. We really appreciate your efforts. Thank, Thank you, you, Doctor. Bye bye. We've been talking with Dr. Jamie Kaufman, nationally renowned laryngologist and author of The Chronic Cough Enigma. For more information about Dr. Kaufman, visit www.voiceinstituteofnewyork.com or nursetalksite.com.